anyway, guys, welcome to Revolution. Sorry we're a bit late getting started. Uh, Dave prays too long when you get him back there. He gets all excited and stuff. So anyway, uh, on that note, uh, Matt's doing well. Um, for those of you who had a chance to stop by this morning, his free sim class, you can see that he is in pain, but he is, uh, he is trucking through. So uh, he won't be here tonight. We were talking, there's a possibility uh, maybe... He could swing in this week or, or this upcoming week or the week after that. Um, but we have been working, even though he's not been here, he's been Facebooking me to death because he's bored and sits on his stomach all day and has nothing to do. So he Facebooks me important things and then just random off-the-wall stuff as well. But one of the things we've been working on, uh, we've been praying about probably a week and a half and decided it was the right move. Uh, we have a huge announcement this week. Uh, We've decided to go ahead and, I don't know if you could actually quote a promotion or not, but uh, the guys we've had interning, so why don't you guys just go ahead and come on up so they can see your pretty faces. So it's Eric, Corey, Dave. They have been quasi-promoted, so now they will be the official title of associate pastor Pretty much means they still are doing Matt and I's laundry until they find some other interns. So it's not that big of a deal for you. But no, <laughs> in all honesty, uh, these guys have worked really hard. Uh, Corey has been taking care of all the technical stuff and the nursery stuff as well as filling in, speaking. And of course, you've seen Dave and Eric. And Eric's got his Bible study and Dave's doing the Celebrate Recovery, although it's Rejoice and Recovery, I guess, now. So uh, on Thursday night. So, uh, you know, we've prayed about it, had a lot of peace that, you know, we needed some some leadership help, and these guys have been at it for a while, so um, so technically, you're no longer interns, so I can't call you or berate you as an intern, but my laundry still does need picked up, so until you find some interns. So, you know, the way this worked out, because these three guys came to us and said, hey, we want to be involved in ministry, we think long-term down the road, uh, you know, as we mature ministries where we're going to be involved at, so they came to us. And we said, sure, we can find a spot for you. Um, and they, we just kept giving them more and more to do, and they proved to be faithful in that. So um, if there's anyone else here, uh, if we want to start a new batch of interns, of people who uh, want to get involved and think that ministry is something they see themselves doing long term, uh, come see me, see one of these three guys. We can get you plugged in, um, and they can show you where the dry cleaners are at. So that's a joke. I don't really get my clothes dry clean. Look at it. It's just a T-shirt. Uh, anyway, that's about all the announcements we have for today, so we'll pray and we'll get Eric started. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come uh, and just worship and learn from you. We pray tonight that we will again learn um, another reason for who you are and why you exist and why you decided to come down and give your life for us. I pray that just knowing these reasons for your existence and knowing the reasons for why you are who you say you are will not be enough for us um, just just to have that knowledge and just to huddle around that knowledge. But Lord, I pray that you would just put this burning desire in our hearts to share that knowledge, to share the gospel with those around us, our neighbors, our loved ones, um, those who are on our street and in our community. Lord, I pray that, that the gospel would be on the forefront of our mind when we wake up and when we go to bed, that we can go every day, every minute thinking about the gospel, that it's something resonates in our hearts, um, that you're moving and working inside of us. In your name we pray, amen.
<laughs> How's it going tonight? Sweet. Yeah, like Ryan said, keep praying for Pastor Matt. Uh, I was unable to make it this morning, um, but apparently he was in pretty rough shape this morning, just hurting a whole lot. So, like you guys know, he he can't take pain medicine, um, so he really needs a lot of prayer just for strength. Uh, Tonight we are looking at um, Isaiah 42, so if you want to grab your blue Bibles... That is on page 429, I believe, in the Blue Bible. So while you're turning there, uh, if you guys don't have a Bible or the Bible you own is is not uh, easily read, then you may take this with you. Nobody's going to like stop you at the door. The police aren't going to show up looking for it. Uh, this is our gift to you. We think it's a faithful translation, and we think that it is is uh, easily read and understood. So uh, if, you, if you like this Bible, go ahead and take that. Again, we're looking at Isaiah 42, and we'll read verse 5. Verse 5 says, God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. Okay, so it seems today that if if you spent any time out in society or watched any Discovery Channel or talked to uh, anybody who calls themselves an intellectual, uh, it seems that atheism is on the rise, right? That science has disproved God and and that it just doesn't make any sense to believe in him anymore. Um. I know at the university level in academia that that's a huge, that's a plague even. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the college students here have been in, in science classes and even like English classes and stuff and, and, and had Christianity just spat on and, and kicked dirt on right in front of them. I know... Um, one time I was just in a computer engineering class, and I don't even know how it came up, but um, I was accosted for believing that Scripture was, was true and that uh, God has sovereignty over all of creation and, uh, and that he is Lord, right, and that he created everything. And pretty much everybody dismissed that, and it seemed like the consensus was just... Well, um, you know, religion's good for, you know, keeping people in line. Religion is good for, um, I guess, living a better life. Religion is good for uh, helping you to deal with the scary stuff, but it doesn't really have any bearing on anything. It's just, it's just junk. It's for the weak people. Uh, but I don't think this is true. I, I can look at, at science, I can look at the scientific theories and see that God works through the laws of physics, through nature, and through chemistry, and, and all of these concepts that, that we study at, at, the, uh, at the college level and, and beyond. You know, we have uh, these, these new age atheists like Richard Dawkins who just like to 
hate on God. Like, they're only atheists not because they're convinced that um, science points towards there is no God, but they're, they're atheists because they just hate Christians, right? Um, it's less science and more let's just spit on the people who believe in God. And so is it true that, that science has disproved God? Like I said, I don't think so. Um, you know, if we look at the big picture, if we look at the universe, uh, we, can, we can see that um, philosophy and science seems to not make any sense unless there is a God involved. We've kind of talked about this over the last few weeks, um, but tonight we're going to look at what's called the Kalam cosmological argument. It's, it's essentially the argument um, made from all theistic religions. So like um, it, it, Muslim philosophers use the Kalam uh, cosmological argument. Jewish philosophers and Christian philosophers, they, they all fall under this banner of it doesn't make any sense that the universe is here unless there's a God. So we're going to go ahead and look at that. Let's, let's just break it down here, the three, the three parts to the argument. You've got the first premise. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Second premise. The universe began to exist, and then your conclusion is, therefore, the universe must have a cause, right? Pretty basic. Again, whatever began to exist has a cause, the universe began to exist, therefore the universe must have a cause. Really simple, really solid logic. There's, there's nothing you're going to be able to pick apart within the logic there. So I wanted to go through, and we're going to break down these points, and you guys will all be better scientists for it, because this is going to be like a high school physics class. Mike said he was leaving whenever I got to the physics part. Um, but let's look at the first point. So whatever began to exist has a cause. Can you find anything wrong with that? Is there anything that you know that like came into existence that just for no reason it just popped up? Absolutely not. You've got, um, it's, it's something that is intuitively known. It's something that we just know from experience. Stuff doesn't pop out of nowhere. So, um, and, and the basic idea here is every, every effect has a cause, right? Um, you sweat because it's hot and you're standing in front of 150 people. Um, you, you know, it, it rains because the right atmospheric conditions are met. Or our praise team is really awesome because they put a lot of time in. Or you're, you're goofy looking because you're a ginger. I, I don't know. It can, be, it can be any number of things. There's, there's cause and effect. There's always a cause for every effect. It's very basic. You can't argue with that. Everything that we observe in the whole universe holds true to that. So why wouldn't the universe itself? You know, the, the great philosopher Thomas Aquinas argued this point back in like 1200-something. Maybe Caleb knows exactly when. Um, but he, he argues in his Summa Theologica that all effects have a cause, right? This argument's been a lot around for a long, long time. 
and there's not really been anything to break it down because it just makes sense. You've got a... Today, we have philosopher and apologist William Lane Craig. He made a good point whenever he wrote, The first premise of this argument is affirmed by interaction with the physical world. For if it were false, it would be impossible to explain why things don't still randomly pop out of nowhere into existence. Does anyone in his right mind really believe that, say, a raging tiger would just appear in this room at this very moment with no cause? The same applies to the universe. If prior to the existence of the universe, there was absolutely nothing, no God, no space, no time, then how could the universe possibly have come to exist? And that's the argument. That is really what science thinks right now. The universe just, there were, in the beginning there was nothing, and the nothing exploded, and that's what we have. I'm serious. <laughs> and it's as simple as, it had to have been caused by something, Right? So let's look at the, the second premise. The universe began to exist. Uh, both philosophically and scientifically, we can see that the universe had a beginning. Um, we're going to talk about the Big Bang tonight. I know it's all controversial, especially among the Bible Belt, right? But it's what science points to right now. That might change. The data might end up being something different later on. But, but for right now, we kind of have to get over that, if we're, if we're going to have a conversation with somebody that believes that science is the ultimate truth, you're not going to be able to walk up to them and tell them, well, the Bible says this. They don't care. They don't. Am I wrong? They don't give a rip of what the Bible says. So, uh, and I know there, there are a lot of theories that... that um, that bring together what happens in Genesis in the Bible um, and also what science is saying right now, and some of them make a lot of sense. Pastor Matt uh, is really great at arguing his point whenever it comes to this. Much better than I am. So we are going to talk about the Big Bang tonight, and we kind of have to put aside, if you, if you are like, well, the Big Bang's stupid because I don't think the Bible says that, then you have to kind of put that aside because, honestly, God does use science to speak to us. He does. I just read an article yesterday. Actually, uh, I had Caleb read it, too. It's a really good article of a guy I met uh, just yesterday. And he talked about how, first off, atheists cannot possibly really believe that they have proven that there is no God. That's absolutely academically arrogant, and it's just silly. Like, they haven't proven that there is no God. That's to know with absolute certainty. That's what it means to be an atheist, to know with absolute certainty that there is no God. But in the same way, Fundamentalist Christians, or Christians in general, can't hold to this 
Well, the Bible says exactly this, right? And in Genesis 1, this is what I'm talking about. I'm going to make a lot of people mad right now. I am. But, but we, we can't just ignore science completely and say, well, the Bible reads exactly this way, so that must be the way it, it is. Because science is just what we observe, right? Um, God does use science to, he does use observation to speak to us, right? Remember doubting Thomas? He had to see, right? And Jesus was, he was okay with that, you know? He had to see. He had to see the holes. So so we have to kind of put that aside for now, but understand that what we're looking at are things that you could go out, you yourself could go out and observe in the universe, right? So how are you going to make sense of that? Is God just trying to fool us? I don't think so. I don't think so. So we're going to get into a little bit of like, like I said, I'm going to turn this into a high school physics class. We're going to talk about redshift. Redshift is what uh, the Big Bang is based off of. And I actually need my two, my two volunteers, Kelly and Keenan, to come up. Keenan and Kel, I like to call them. Um, but you guys need, well, yeah, we'll get down there. Actually, let's go off to the side here. So redshift is this idea that in the electromagnetic spectrum, which involves radio waves or uh, x-rays or, or whatever, um, all these different types of waves, both visible light and, and things that we can't see, but there, there is visible light right in the middle there. And redshift is talking about how red waves are much longer than purple waves, right? So the waves coming out of the light coming down on me right now are, are much shorter than um, the red light that we see. Okay, and just to demonstrate this, redshift means that if I give one end here to Kelly and one to Keenan, that if Kelly starts to walk this direction, the coils on the slinky get longer, right? These waves become longer, and so that means Kelly is walking away from Keenan, and we see that this wave we see is, is red-shifted. The, the waves are getting longer as we go. And in the same way, if he walks back, if he comes toward Keenan, they get shorter. Thanks, guys. That's all I needed with the slinky. Um, so, so, yeah, give him a round of applause. I know that was really like high school science or maybe even junior high. But it, it, to those of you that aren't science-minded, hopefully that makes a little sense. That as, um, as Keenan stood still and as Kelly walked away from him, as he moved away from Keenan, the waves of light are getting longer. So they are more red than they were before. Okay, and whenever they come together, they become more blue. It's actually, they become more purple, but we don't call it purple shift. I don't know why. Um, So the idea here is that on average, everything we see in the universe is red shifted, which means that everything is moving apart from everything else. And that's what the Big Bang is based off of is that if we went back in time, if we turn back the clock, 
everything would come back into a single point. And that's <laughs> been a problem for scientists that want to say that there is no God because that means that there was a beginning and they don't like that. They don't like that. So they'll make arguments that, well, for infinity, uh, for eternity, the universe has just been expanding. Or, or maybe the universe collapses and then it expands and then it collapses and then it expands and we don't really have any evidence for that. But they, they don't want to admit that there's a beginning. So we can also look at another, another scientific law. I promise this is the last one. So if you guys are like falling asleep, it's like five more minutes, I promise, and then we'll get out of the science stuff. But um, if we look at the, the second law of thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics says that um, heat energy will always spread out and even out in the universe. Okay, so maybe you've, you've noticed this, but um, heat always goes towards where it's cold. And that just means it's evening itself out. And it does that throughout the entire universe. Uh, as of right now, the average temperature of the universe is like 2.7 degrees Kelvin. Which if you know anything about Kelvin, it means that we're not even 3 degrees from absolute zero which is kind of scary because absolute zero means every molecule in the galaxy or in the universe is frozen. You can't go colder than that. So that means um, over time, the universe has cooled down. Everything has, all these heat energy has, has spread out and it is not done spreading yet. We haven't reached what's called thermodynamic equilibrium, Right? Are you tracking with me? No? Have I lost everybody? I hope that I'm like, I, do I have like two physics majors here maybe? No? Oh, we don't even have that. All right. So, but the idea is that heat always evens itself out. So over a long enough period of time, heat will be uniform across all of the universe. Well, guess what? It's still not uniform. Therefore, the universe can't be eternally, it, it can't be eternal, Right? Because if it had existed for eternity's past, that means that we would have reached thermodynamic equilibrium. Make sense? You following me? So, so those are just two of the most like foundational theories of science that point directly to there must have been a beginning. There has to have been a beginning to the universe. Um. Let's see here. All right, let's look at, let's go ahead and jump to the third premise. I won't bore you with any more science, I promise you. The third premise, therefore, the universe must have a cause. Uh, this argument is really simple, like I said. It's just like I, I, could make the, I could make the logical argument that Eric is a man... All men die someday, therefore Eric will die someday. And that is an absolute. Nobody's going to argue with me. In the same way, we can make the argument that whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist, therefore the universe must have a cause. There's, there's nothing to argue with that. The, the, the logic is perfectly sound. 
So the question then is, what caused the universe? What caused the universe? Science has some theories. They're not very good, I promise you. Like, the universe just expands and contracts. Like, I don't... We have no evidence for it. So, what could possibly cause the universe? Well, we know that it, it, has, to be, it has to be spaceless, right? Because space didn't exist before the universe. So, whatever it is, it has to be spaceless. It has to be timeless, because time itself didn't exist before the universe, It has to be immaterial because material itself didn't exist before the universe. It has to be completely uncaused because, as Thomas Aquinas argued, that this cause and effect had to have ultimately started with a first cause. There had to have been a first cause that was completely uncaused. It was unlike all of the other causes. And it has to be immensely powerful Enough to create the entire universe. Which, if you're following, I'm sure nobody's surprised that that sounds a lot like God, right? All of these attributes seem to point toward God. The Bible spends a lot of time talking about God as the creator. The Bible um, talks about him as the one who began it all. The one that spoke the universe into existence. Let's go ahead and look at Isaiah 42 again. Hopefully you guys haven't all closed your Bibles. You have. It's all right. I'll wait on you. This time we're going to look at verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8. It says, I am the Lord... That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. You remember last week whenever we talked about uh, Romans 1 for a brief second? Let's go ahead and turn back to Romans 1. I'm just going to read it real quick and just keep it in mind. Actually, you don't even have to follow me there. I'll just, I'll just read it. We're looking at um, verses 18 through 25 again. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up uh, foolish ideas of what God was like. So as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things to each other's bodies. And they traded the things about God for a lie, 
So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. So those last, that last verse is particularly powerful. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. And that's exactly what's happened in our society. We, um, I, I kind of identify with these sciencey guys a whole lot because I'm a huge nerd. Um, but it's always exciting when you like learn something new whenever you're a nerd. I don't know if you guys are like that, but like I'm like that, right? That I, I can like get two electronics things and get them to work together and like I'll take a picture of it and send it to Hannah and she's like oh that's great Um, but it's exciting to learn new things and I know that excitement maybe you guys feel the same way we have a ton of soccer players here which is pretty awesome I'm sure you guys know the same excitement whenever you um, pull off an awesome play whatever I can't even talk soccer lingo like I can't even (laughs) I don't, I don't even know how to say that stuff. I'll talk baseball, right? It's awesome the first time you hit a home run, right? <laughs> All right. So, in the same way, us nerds really like to learn stuff. And it just makes us feel good. And, and we... And we look at the universe and we and we collect data and we see all this awesome stuff and we just want to like understand it all and so we'll go whatever direction with it we can because we just get pumped up like that's our that's our adrenaline rush is like we understand nerdy stuff that nobody even cares about So that's, a, that's exactly what they've done. They've, they've traded in uh, God for a feeling, for feeling knowledgeable, for being intelligent, for understanding the universe. In the same way that each one of us has, has at one point in time traded God for something, whether for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or for, um, I don't know, it could be anything, for a family, for a job, for money. We talked about that a little bit last week. I won't go back into that. But we can look at these theories, some of the stuff that we've talked about tonight, and know that the universe has a beginning and that, and that it has a cause that must be so powerful and, and so um, beyond what we can even imagine that if that something is God... What does that mean for us? And what the Bible talks about is, is the fact that God created everything, created the entire universe, created uh, people, created animals, created mountains, created the stars, created everything. And in the beginning, it was pretty darn awesome. But then we decided to screw it up. We, we traded God for a lie. We traded him for knowledge. 
and we pursued that on our own and, and, and went against his will. And so that sin entered the world, entered all of us, so that we would always choose something over God. But God offered a way out of that for us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live this perfect life on earth, the one that we were supposed to live, this perfect life of glorifying God, our original purpose. And he became this perfect sacrifice for us so that he would offer that righteousness to us, that perfect life to us. He says, the only thing that you need to trust in, the only thing that I require of you is to have faith in me that I'm going to take care of it. As a result, you're going to follow me. It's just what's going to happen. You're going to start living a life for God's glory. If you guys have questions about that, I want you guys to ask me or ask Pastor Matt or ask Ryan or, or, or any of the guys that you saw up here earlier. We can talk to you about that stuff. So uh, right now we're going to pray and we're going to prepare for worship. And uh, so let's go ahead and do that. God, thank you so much for this body of believers, Lord, that you have worked through not only to just like create this cool space that we're in now, but, but that we can come together and be bound together in love. That we can come together and seek you earnestly and not have to worry about persecution in this space. God, that we are, are safe here. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for revealing yourself to us through, through the universe, through creation, Lord. It's just awe-inspiring. And I just pray that that would lead us to worship. That the stars would make us understand that you've created it all and you are infinitely powerful. Let us just bow down and worship right now and, and worship in spirit and truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.